Welcome to episode 244 of Live Happy Now. I'm your host, Paula Phelps, thanking you for joining us again this week. The year is still young, and it's a great time for clearing our space, both mentally and physically. This week's guest gives us some great insight into how we can clean up our physical space and stay perpetually organized. Marla Stone is a psychotherapist turned professional organizer and author of The Clutter Remedy, a guide to getting organized for those who love their stuff. She's here to talk about how you can create a strategy built around less stuff and more life satisfaction. Well, Marla, welcome to this episode of Live Happy Now. Thank you, Paula. Thank you for having me. Well, this is such a great time to have you on because this is the time of year when we're all kind of clutter conscious and thinking about clearing our space. First of all, I guess, why is it important that we take time to do that? Well, you're correct. This is the time of year where people start to have New Year's realizations, is what I like to call it. And because they've gone through the holidays, they've been super busy, and they really didn't take notice. They might have started to put things in closets or in the garage just to get ready for company. And they didn't really notice the clutter clusters that have formed in all the corners <laughs> under the bed and the closets. And they want to remedy this. They, nobody wants to live in a big mess. So why is it beneficial for us not to have clutter? Well, uh, you know, I always say the outer is a reflection of the inner. So if you have, you know, cluttered emotions or things that you have not worked through traumas from the past or just any miscommunications you've had with people, it can manifest in your space. And then it becomes like a human hamster in a wheel situation where you're going around and round and you can't get clear on the inside or the outside. So what's important is to have clarity about what you truly value in life and what you consider an ideal lifestyle. Most people are putting one foot in front of the other and just getting the kids to school or going to grocery shopping and they think they have to, need to get organized, but they really don't. It's really a want or a don't want. So clarity of your life will bring clarity in your space. And you'll be able to see what things you want to keep around. If you really don't know what you love to do in your current life, it's impossible to make good decisions about what to keep. That's a really good point because usually we start it from the other side. We're like, I just have to start getting rid of this stuff. <laughs> and we start pitching it out. <laughs> yes. And we aren't very conscious about maybe why we're doing it or what's going. It's just all in the way. So how do you do it the correct way? Well, you know, I've written a book called The Clutter Remedy, A Guide to Getting Organized for Those Who Love Their Stuff. And I'm a former psychotherapist, social worker turned professional organizer. So when I first started to work with people, I realized how cluttered their emotions were. And so if I started to go through their stuff with them, even if it was very nicely categorized, they would become blocked and they really couldn't focus on their objects or the things in their home or their business, and they would get distracted. So I started to apply some of the things I had done as a therapist, not, not traditional therapy, but just some techniques and clever you know, things to help people gain insight into what they truly wanted in life. It came back always to what do you want in life? What do you love to do? You know, what makes you thrilled. 
And then that determined what they would keep. And so it would make it much easier for them to go through all their shoes or all their books <laughs> or all their makeup or all their tools, you know, whatever it is that you have in your space, it will always be easier to go through things when you're clear about what you truly want in life. Yeah, we've all been familiar in the last few years of the idea of just keeping what you really love kind of thing. So I love the subtitle of your book, which says it's a guide to getting organized for those who love their stuff. So what if you have someone who happens to just like a lot of stuff? Because I have a brother who I'm not going to call him a hoarder. But if I did, I wouldn't be wrong. Um, <laughs> he just, he's got books and DVDs and just so much stuff that, that he, and he loves having all of that. Exactly. And so I realized that people do love their stuff and I do too. So I started to recognize that focusing on getting rid of things was not the way to go with anyone you know, no matter how much stuff you have. So we started to focus on what you want to keep. And the criteria I developed has helped so many people become really clear. And it's not just about stuff you love. That is one of the criteria. Do you love this? But it's, do you also use this? And even if it's once a year, your turkey platter, you're going to keep that. (laughs) And do things serve a purpose? So Serves a purpose are things like the key to the fireplace or an extra key to the car or an eyeglass kit or a key to the community pool. You may never use it, but you're going to keep those things. And then obviously sentimental items, you want to keep those, you know, we we don't want to get rid of our sentimental items. Those are to be kept. And then things you love. And it doesn't matter how much you want to keep. I have, you know, worked in situations. I don't like the word hoarding. I really think that's for animals. But we are <laughs> collectors. Humans collect. And sometimes we overcollect and overaccumulate. In those situations, if somebody has a really strong, intense relationship with their objects, the last thing you want to do is talk about getting rid of anything. Because you will not be allowed in to their world. (laughs) And so with those cases, the more extreme cases, I simply categorize everything just like I do with every other home or business. We put everything into broad categories and then we leave them that way. We can even do some fine tuning for those folks. So for instance, with books, you know, books is the broader category. Then there's gardening books, books on feng shui, books on, you know, how to redo your home, books on whatever, fiction, nonfiction, whatever books you have going on, we can fine tune them. And then they simply stay contained. And then we find a safe place to put them so that things are not in the walkway anymore, on the bed, on the couch. And a person can resume their ideal lifestyle, but still keep everything they own. You know, it does seem that there are some areas in a home, in every home, that that are more clutter prone. So what can someone do about that? Well, the strategy itself that I developed, the clutter remedy strategy, is very simple. It's, that's not the rocket science part. The rocket science part is once you get it organized, whatever area it is, whether it's bathrooms, you know, bathrooms have so many little things, or kitchens, pantries, 
hallway closets, those areas seem to, garages seem to collect a lot of stuff. But the simple strategy is you clear everything out first of the area you want to organize. You don't start going through it right there. You don't start pondering things, looking at things. You won't finish what you want to do. So once you clear (laughs) everything out and you're putting things into broad categories from whatever space you're organizing, after everything's cleared out and categorized, then you look through your objects with that clear and concise criteria. Will I use it? Does it serve a purpose? Is it sentimental? Do I love it? Then once you're finished and you've figured out what you're going to keep, then you can fine tune. So again, the fine tuning is the secret sauce of the remedy. I know you give so many great tips in your book, um, but one thing I wanted to ask you about before we let you go is, so say someone's listening, they get their clutter and control. How do you get the rest of the family to buy into it and and stay on the same page? Because sometimes that can be where the uh, wheels come off the bus. Yes. Okay. So the most magical thing that I thought of that came through me was that our language is the true cause of what I call perpetual disorganization. So unless everyone in the family starts to change the language, then it will go back to the way it was. So the first thing I noticed was that the most used phrase in human language, I believe now is I need. So I talked about that before. I need to do this. I need to do that rather than I will. The second part is indecisive language. I'll try, I tried, I believe is the second most used phrase in human language now. If, but, could, should, maybe, possibly, sort of, kind of, kind of, sort of, that's a big one now. People are saying, kind of, sort of want to do this, uh, or <laughs> sort of need to do this, and that's really indecisive. And then people are not sharing feelings anymore. They're not sharing actually valid feelings about anything in their life. They say, I feel like, or I feel that followed by a thought instead of getting an adjective in there. So instead of saying, I feel thwarted by the clutter, or I feel saddened by the state of my home, they'll say, I feel like I need to get organized, which does not register to the subconscious process as a command to change anything. So the first step is to clear out any inner clutter And then you want to work on your language. That's the, you know, I call it impeding language. And then you can go forward and use the strategy. Once everything is set up and every single thing has a home there, you know, you can get the family, your husband, your kids, your wife on board by saying, here's the rules. If you take something out of its home, you will put it back there. And then if people aren't following those guidelines or those rules, then there will be consequences. For instance, with kids, you know, when they don't put their toys back in the big bin, then, and they're left around or, you know, anything that your teenagers are leaving or anyone in the house is leaving around, it could disappear for a couple of days. <laughs> and that person will come saying, where's my stuff? And then you simply say, well... I found it on the floor. It wasn't in its home. So it's going to disappear. It'll be gone for a couple of days. And that usually does the trick. That'll get people in line pretty quickly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Especially that favorite pair of jeans or, you know, <laughs> that new top. Yep. Well, that's terrific. 
And as I said, you've got some great suggestions, great ways to do this in, in your book, The Clutter Remedy. And we're going to tell our listeners how they can find you, find you online, where they can get a copy of it and get more information about how to do it. But as you are leaving us today, what would be the number one piece of advice you'd give people who are in the mindset to clear the clutter and get organized for 2020? Well, the most important thing is not to needle yourself to do it. It's not a need. Having clutter or not having clutter is not going to keep you alive. It's, you know, you're not going to die in clutter. That's a fallacy. I would just look in your mental calendar, look at your physical calendar and say, this is a project I want to accomplish and I will do it by this date. That's the most important thing is that you set aside the time and it is physical manual labor. So also if there are any physical or mental health challenges, get some help. You can either get a professional organizer that's familiar with this strategy, or you can read the book and then get someone to help you. And you can guide them since you know how, it, how it's supposed to be done. Very good. Well, Marla, thank you again for coming on the show. You have lots of great wisdom to impart with us. And uh, I'm sure we're all now going to start going through our stuff. I hope so. I really want that. Yes. (laughs) I want that for everyone. I want everyone to get organized and stay that way. That's the most important part, that they will remain perpetually organized. That was Marla Stone talking to us about the physical and emotional benefits of clearing our clutter. If you'd like to learn more about her technique for getting organized, visit us at livehappynow.com and follow the links. And while you're on our website, we have a special deal this week for Live Happy Now listeners. If you've been to our store, you already know that we have some great items to fit your happy lifestyle. As part of our New Year's special, we're offering 20% off the inspiring Live Happy Journal. More than just a notebook to keep track of your thoughts and goals, the On a Positive Note Journal is a beautifully illustrated book filled with inspiring quotes and ideas for bringing more positivity into your life. And because we're such big believers in gratitude here, each page ends with space to write down what you're grateful for that day. Visit our store at livehappy.com, and this week only you'll get 20% off our On a Positive Note journal. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all-new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one. Mm -hmm.